Aloha. Welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from Hawaiian beaches on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Hooray. Yay. Thank you so much for joining. Please feel free if you're on Facebook to join on the live webinar if you'd like to have conversation with me. It's pretty fun. Um, other than that, if you're commenting on Facebook, I will see your comments. Yay. So listening, listening for guidance, okay? You could say that that's the only choice there is to make. You're listening for guidance. You're always listening for guidance. It's just that a lot of that guidance comes from the ego. And many of us are choosing the ego all throughout the day. And night too, in dreaming. Choosing the ego's guidance. Because the ego, the ego seems to speak with authority. Like it knows what you should do. Like it knows if you get it right or if you get it wrong or if someone else is doing it right or if things are the way they should be. Aloha, Mary. Yay. Aw, you come on here too. Fun. <sighs> so it's as if the world is real, of course. All of the guidance that comes from the ego comes as if the world is real, as if your body is real, and there's something you need to do to protect it improve it to become someone and it's more like a it it's more like a plant the body's more like a plant <laughs> it's just growing and 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 flourishing and then withering and then dying just like a plant you're not really doing anything you're not really making any choices about what's going on in the illusion. You're not making any of those choices that it seems like you're making. Those are being made automatically. They're playing out automatically based on what it is that you need to learn. The, the illusion is always showing you what you are not. It's not showing you what you are, okay? There's that, one, there's that one in the Bible that says that God made us in his image, okay? That God made us in, in his image. And it was funny because I was having a conversation with my mom not long ago, and you know, she was talking about praying for the body to get better. You know, she's like, when I have a headache, I call on these certain angels, and I ask them to take my headache away. And, and I go, well, you know, she asked me what I do, like if I get it, if I get a headache and I go, you know, I admit that there's no head. 
there is no head. So there's nothing to take away. That's just asking for another illusion. It's more like, let me see through this. Let me just see through this. Because what is being presented is the opposite of what you are. There's no way you could have any kind of pain, sickness, even a body, even the illusion of the, of the body. It's just set up as a guilty construct to get you to buy in as if this body is really real. And the body is made off of a death wish, that's all. That's why it looks like it goes through a certain cycle. It's just like it, you know, and the body's not, it's no different than, than your perception of, let's say, plants or anything else that arises in the perception for that matter. The body is arising in the perception and it's not separate from anything else in the perception. It's going through its cycle according to how the mind projects it. It doesn't have its own cycle. It's a total projection. You could say it's like mist. Even less than that. Look at a, look at a movie projector. It's similar to something like that. It's like light and some kind of distortion on the, on the light, it, almost as if you painted a picture over it and making images. It's like painting uh, dark images. You could say thoughts that think in separation are painting dark images. It's like veiling over the light that you are. So there's nothing for you to do to try and improve the image, whether the image be the world or your body or whatever it seems to be. The only choice you ever have is whether to follow the guidance of ego or the guidance of spirit. Now, the ego's voice is very loud. And it's a, you know, many times it's shrill. It's a shrill, uh, shrill kind of voice. Like, oh my God, what about this? I should, I need to, I want. These things are recognized as they are. You don't accept them as if they're valid guides and they're just allowed to pass. Those thoughts can work themselves out. There's no need for you to make them real or, oh no, I have a cough or something. And then watch, watch what thoughts attract to that. How did I get the cough? Blame it on something in the world. There's no way you got it from anything in the world. It's a projection of the mind. The thoughts are what are being used to uphold the world. The ego thoughts, that's the guide that's, that's upholding the world. But you, it, can't, it can't do anything without you, without you buying into and believing in the thoughts that are being projected. So there's always a choice. And in that case, in that case where the ego's voice is talking and you're alert, you're watching for the ego voice, when that ego voice is talking and you're willing to just let it pass, it gets quieter and quieter until you can hear the real guide. Your real guide doesn't speak in separation. Your real guide speaks to reality, only to reality. It's a, you know, it's been called a still small voice. It's like a quiet voice. It's very joyful. It doesn't speak to anything about how you can hurt yourself. You cannot hurt yourself. You cannot hurt yourself in the world. You know, even getting the perception that you hurt yourself wasn't caused by anything that you did. It was only caused by believing in yourself as separate. 
but you know, that's also what causes the body illusion in the first place. So to have a, to have what you might call protection, protection and to be invulnerable to worldly effects, that takes listening to the spirit all the time and following only the spirit's guidance and thought. You know, and then the way that the way that looks, the way that works is taking it a little bit at a time, whatever you can, you know, whatever you feel inspired towards, let's put it that way. You might take one thing, you might take one thing, go, okay, whenever I, whenever I find myself eating, I'm going to watch my thoughts about what that's supposed to be. Are those, are, are those food stuff supposed to have some kind of an effect on my body? Watch how the ego plays like that. It's like, it could be super subtle or it could be very loud, but when you get curious and you want to watch in a playful and light way, okay, and you're interested in watching and you're willing to receive a new interpretation, new interpretations will be given you. You'll start to see more and more how this is directly coming from you. And as that, as, as that shows itself, as that reveals itself, you know, you know, you start to know that you can navigate this thing without, without suffering. You don't, do not need to suffer. There's no need to suffer in it. Even if you feel really angry or upset or anything like that, once you accept in that moment where you feel angry or upset, once you accept for yourself that this is coming from you, this is directly coming from you, you're out of the suffering. Even if there's emotional pain arising, you know, it's like you've got some detachment. It's like you're watching it now. So you're not, you're, you're not sensing yourself as if you're in the suffering. It's more like the suffering is arising in you and passing. And it's not a problem. The only thing that makes the suffering so real for you is taking the world that you're being perceived as if it's real. You know, when something, when, when something that seems like it's really bad happens, like let's say a car accident or something like that, all of a sudden there's a car accident, there's injuries, things are all mangled up, you know, and where there's that willingness, okay, this is where the world seems really real. And that little bit of willingness is offered right there to see through, to recognize that there isn't a world like that. There's just nothing here. There's just absolutely nothing here. We're having a dream that there's something here. It's an emotional journey. The journey through time and space is an emotional journey. Uh, mahalo. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you. You know, you might allow the thought there's nothing here. There's two definite thought systems, two very definite thought systems. And, you know, what people have been trying to do is accept a better feeling thought from the ego thought system, though. See? It's like, say, the car accident scenario. It's like, oh, no, this is it. This, this sucks. Now my life is ruined. And then a better thought is, oh, no, I'm going to recover from this. That's a better thought, though, from the ego, still the ego's thought system. 
That's not from the spirit's thought system. The spirit's thought system completely denies the truth to this illusion. It denies all the truth to it. So it, it takes the illusion completely out of the equation, like anything that seems to be occurring on the surface. You know, it reminds you what it's for. When you're reminded what it's for and you're recognizing what it's for, you don't want anything in the world. You don't mind how the world seems to be going, about how your body image seems to be playing out or all the worldly things seem to be coming and going. You know, someone seems to be being mean to you. Someone's telling you what horrible person you are, maybe. See, if, that, if, that's not, if that's not real to you, there's no suffering in it. If it's real to you, if it's real to you, and you know it's real to you, you know it's real to you because you feel upset, okay? You feel upset. If you're willing to ask for a different interpretation because you're upholding that upset feeling, by thinking the world is real. Without thinking the world is real, no upset. Aloha, Monica. Aloha. It looks like Irina. <laughs> Irina, maybe. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for joining. So even if you feel a lot of anger welling up, and you're, well, and you're willing to recognize, okay, I have to be mistaken. If all this anger is coming up, if I feel this upset, and any bit of upset, any bit, even a little bit of irritation, I've got it wrong. It's easy. It, it's, it's really easy and fun, actually. Oh, I've got it wrong. You know, I'll be just in the shower and, you know, a thought will occur to me, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Something about work, okay? And it's like, oh, I got that wrong. And it's funny, it's fun. I just, you know, I, I find myself laughing all the time. But is that, you know, for the ego, it's that fear of, am I really gonna be all right? To just like have a shower without following that thought? Am I going to remember what I need to remember when I get out of the shower? Even the memory is just playing out. It's just the thought system playing out. You know, it, you could use it for an invitation. You could use that, oh my gosh, I have to do such and such. You could use that as an invitation. I have to. And just like, remember, remember the truth. I have to remember the truth. No, you don't really have to, but you will. <laughs> you will. The funny thing is there's nothing for you to even do, not even to remember the truth. It's really just a choice between, you know, what this is saying about who you are and opening up to the truth. Not trying to silence it. It's not like that. It's not like go into meditation and try to get that thought to go away. You know, the, the, thoughts, the thoughts that speak to the truth are also illusions, just like the ego's thought. They're also illusions, but they cancel out the ego's thought. They cancel it out. 
That's way different than a negative and positive thought. You see what I'm saying? It's very different from a negative and positive thought because that's only adding more to the ego. Oh no, we're gonna be broke in this many months, let's say. And the positive thought about that, oh no, we'll be okay, we'll pull through. Hope, right? The opposite of, hope as the opposite of fear. It's not real hope, it's false hope. No, no, we'll be all right because of this, 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 and this. Totally miss, missing what having that perception is for. It's missing the opportunity to use that, uh, that perception. Oh no, my livelihood. For getting that feeling effect, getting that feeling effect and opening up to a new interpretation. You know that feeling that you get, that upset feeling, the reason it's contrast, the reason there's contrast is not so that you can get what you want in the world. That's not the reason for it. It's not the reason there's contrast. It's a good ex exercise for getting to recognize contrast. The reason there are contrasting feelings is so that you can see, that you can know that you are thinking with the ego. The only way there's going to be any contrast to joy is if you're thinking with the ego. And that's any amount of pressure, any amount of stress on you, anything like that. Remember, once again, you're like a plant. The image of yourself, it's just like any other image on the screen. It arises, it flourishes, it withers, it passes away. <laughs> it seems to have its own life, but it doesn't have its own life. The illusion that you perceive, it's one thing, it's one thing. Nothing separate, it's all projected from the mind. So use that. Use the illusion. It's a, it not, not to get what you want in the world, but to undo the guilty self-conscious that's putting it up, that's upholding the illusion. You can use it to get what you want in the world. Everyone does that for a while. Until you, until you realize nothing's really getting me what I want. I love you too, thank you. Nothing's really, nothing that I seem to get is really getting me what I want. That's what I discovered. Playing that game. Want something, get it. Want something again, get it. Realize it's just a distraction. It's just a distraction from what we really want, which is to escape the illusion completely, escape the illusion. And that's what everyone's so afraid of because it seems like death. To the ego, it is death. There's this idea that there's nothing else outside of the illusion. It's just the void. It's not the void, it's reality. It's reality. It's kind of like what you know of the world, only there's no, uh, there, there's no death. Okay, so that changes it a lot, doesn't it? That really changes it. No death, no conflict, no pain. No sickness. 
No taking shits. I love that one. <laughs> no brushing your teeth. No washing your ass. <laughs> it's just creation. In this, in, in this illusion, there's no creation happening. The power of creation, the power of creation that you have is, is the power to choose between the thought system that speaks to the truth and the thought system that speaks to illusion. It seems like for many people, they've never even chosen the thought system that speaks to truth once. Because they're so surprised when they hear this stuff. Now, I, was, I remember when I was a little tiny kid and I was just sitting quietly, you know, I was, I was a missionary. I was, I, I was praying when I was a little kid, pray and sit quietly. I was praying and I was sitting, sitting quietly and that still small voice spoke to me and said, everyone is doing everything for you. And I got a picture of what it was, what the illusion was got a picture momentarily but then the ego voice was way louder no don't start thinking like that that's dangerous that's dangerous so I went with the ego's voice for I don't know how many years decades just covered that up but I always remembered it it was like wouldn't that be awesome oh no that's not true well actually it is true I didn't choose that thought back then, but I choose it all the time now. <laughs> and that includes someone standing in front of me and telling me what a terrible person I am. And, 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 you know, I'm a total bitch and everything like that. It's still the same for me. Everyone's still doing everything for me. In my mind, I'm accepting the thought, Give me your gift. Thank you. Thank you for telling me this. Irrespective of what's arising on the surface, it might be something like that. It might be something different, but that's the listening for the guidance. You get to know and understand too what spirit's guidance feels like. First, it can be very fearful but it's also very different from the ego's thought system. Oh, no, this is really bad. You know, alarms are going off. And you're like, oh, everything is coming from me. That's another one. Everything is coming from me. Now that gets used for the, for the ego's purpose when you feel threatened by a person who's telling you what a horrible thing you've done. Say a person is in front of you telling you what a horrible thing you've done. Of course you can't do any horrible things because you don't really do anything, but the person in front of you believes very strongly that you have done this horrible thing. Well, if you're not threatened by it, then you won't have any argument about that, will you? Won't be a statement like, well, you must be wrong because nothing's happening. Nothing happens. I'm not capable of doing anything. You must be wrong. That's where the ego has, has hijacked that concept. See? Whenever you think you need to teach someone something, that's how you know. The ego has hijacked that. 
and you can just offer it up another another opportunity to ask for a different interpretation. That way a person can have half an idea of you and you know they need the idea of you that they're having to help them see through the illusion too. And you know, they're learning with their inner teacher. They do not need your help. You could say they only need your help in the way that you're not adding conflict to the relating. And to not add, con add conflict, that means you're just taking in whatever they come to share with you. It's a gift or like your guest. Whatever they're saying to you, you ask them to say that to you. Energetically, you ask them to say that to you. And if it triggers you, hooray! Thank you. Thank you. When you said hope is the opposite of fear and that hope is false, it made me feel that all opposites and their judgments are false. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So I'm talking about false hope too. I mean, you know, there's a there's hope that's more like, you know speaking to your spirit, you know, and you hope that you will see through the illusion, hope that you must be mistaken when it seems like you're upset, when it seems like there's a threat, you know, I hope I'm mistaken. You know, that's the kind of hope that can actually get fulfilled. It's not the opposite of fear. See, because it, 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 it's already done. It's already done. In the illusion, everything you hope for in the illusion has the opposite fear, okay? You've been given hope for a reason, and that's so that you will be motivated to see through the illusion. Okay, Bob has something he would like to talk about. Let's get him on. Aloha, Hello. Bob. Hello, yes. I'm on. Yes, so uh, you were talking about how uh, the triggers are not due to something outside, but whatever is outside is reflecting what's going on, what would be going on inside me. So yeah. uh, l lately I, I've had some bouts of anger. So I work in the garden and I need a hand sickle, sickle a comma, and I lost one in my weeding and I had to wait days till I could buy one. Well, then I'm in the garden again, weeding and I lose it again. And I'm searching everywhere through the garden and I start getting angry and raging that, that I can't work. I've done it again. I've lost it again. Hmm. And so I just uh, recently watched this uh, video, the mind body prescription by Dr. John Sarno. Okay. So he's a revolution revolutionary doctor and on your uh, wisdom dialogues online I, I posted a excerpt from his book the mind body prescription so what he's saying in this uh, teaching of his is that he's discovered that uh, a vast majority of the symptoms that people have whatever physical symptom they have is due to repressed rage and so he says that uh, you're, it's kind of like, uh, I think of that Marvel superhero, the Hulk. So the, the Dr. Banner gets hit by gamma rays and, he, and he, the meek scientists, uh, if you trigger his anger, this monster comes out that wants to smash everything. Yeah. And so he says, he says that through uh, 
childhood, uh, having trauma or abuse, that we have this repressed rage or day-to-day uh, -day life uh, pressures or uh, anxieties can create it. Uh, simple things like you have an elderly uh, parent that is, uh, uh, needs constant care and you have to care for them. Well, you know, you certainly love your uh, mother or father and want to help them, but then there's a part of you inside that feels a little resentment, a little anger that you're having to do all this for your parents, but you can't show that because it's not nice. So he's saying that all these uh, um, emotions, uh, the grief, the fear, and mainly rage that are undesirable, that you don't want them to uh, come out, that the, your, your brain actually sends mild oxygen deprivation to a certain part of your body that will create a symptom, uh, pain, or it could be any physical symptom as a way to distract you you focus yourself on the physical, on your physical pain. You think it's a disease. You got to go to the doctor when it's an avoidance of, of having to uh, feel and go into this uh, anger or rage or whatever that, that your subconscious mind is trying to keep pressed down. And so the, the idea uh, that like one time, at this community, I was at Kahumana in uh, Wainai. So uh, they were having financial problems and I had a friend, a lady friend, I wanted to stay in my uh, uh, dwelling and I had my own bedroom, my own kitchen. And so uh, this one woman said that, uh, well, uh, you know, they're gonna have to pay money every day and they have to pay for their meals. and this friend didn't have any money and they were just staying in my house, eating meals in my house. They only had one community meal. And so I came to this woman and uh, leader of the community and said, well, can we renegotiate because of this, you know, they're not really making an impact in the community. And then this woman just was just on me, just raging, swearing yeah you you can't do that uh, you got to pay for her uh what the fuck do you think you're doing trying to renege on the deal and she was just like spitting in my face and the whole time i was just like holding back from wanting to just like strangle her all i could do was just be like a stone and withstand it and right after that i had this pimple in the fold of my leg and that pimple developed into a uh into a boil and it was, I had to go to the doctor numerous times to have it lanced and drained. And so it's like, because I, uh, this anger directed at me that I couldn't express back to her, it manifested itself into this boil that was so painful uh, in the fold of my leg that I finally got rid of it. But that's the idea that he's talking about, that, that uh, due to uh, repressed rage, I created this woman to rage at me and then uh, continue the cycle of, of, of rage. So um, I'm, I'm just wondering about this uh, idea that, uh, that uh, we have uh, the repressed rage that the, the body and the brain itself represses and, and generates physical symptoms to divert yourself from from the uh, painful emotion 
Well, yes, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dissecting physicality going on with that. So it's not like the body does anything. The body doesn't do anything. It's all coming. Yeah, from it's the it, it's the mind. The mind. The mind is doing. He he talks about how the brain is actually generating the symptom that there's nothing physiologically wrong with you whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with your back. There's nothing wrong with True. whatever the symptom is. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the brain either, and the brain is also part of the body. It's not like it's a, it, it's not like it, it's not like it's a actual computer for the body, which is the common belief of people who look at the body and dissect the body and um, do research on it. It looks like the brain is sort of like the computer for the body, but really, it's all projected from the mind. So. You know, it, it may seem like it's some some particular thing, and I wouldn't recommend trying to put your finger on particular things in the region to point to. Just in generalizing it all, in generalizing it all, that's how it works. Okay, when you're coming up with a program and a system and all that kind of stuff, you know that has to do with worldly things. You know, it has to do with generating money for your teaching. You know, you can you can go and you can you can get this dissected thing where you have like sort of like this roadmap. But you know, the truth is that the lesson is always changing. The lesson is always changing, and the more you can generalize it, the more you can generalize the illusion, the easier it's going to be to see through it. You know, it's not it, it's not like anything is helpful or unhelpful on its own, but it's the way that you use it. It's the way that you look at it. So, you know, a lot of the times what occurs where it's like, oh, oh, I see why I'm this way. It's because of my brain. And then we start looking at the physical like that. And you might get an illusion for a long time, even that you're really like on the right track, dissecting this thing like this and all of the things that you do and all this other stuff and trying to see where it's come from and, and how to heal it. But it's so much simpler than that when you just general generalize the whole illusion that whole everything that arises in the body and just like I'm making it like this. I'm making it like this because I'm afraid of reality. I want to perceive in separation. You'll start seeing different instances where, where you'll find yourself, like you said, kind of like a stone where you're in front of the person and you're like a stone. But, you know, you don't have to make what you call karma out of that as if um, as if that's actually meaningful and has any real effects. Okay, The only thing that makes the illusion seem to have effects is that we believe in it. I'm glad we're talking about rage because it's coming up in my story too. Oh, me too. That's so fun. Yay. So yeah. So when it comes to a, a, a rageful kind of feeling, you know, it's always as if something is really gone wrong. You're like off the hook. Like, ah. And you know, it's like, it's okay to scream and stuff. It's okay to scream and stuff. It's okay, whatever, however the, that needs to be released, let's say. And you know, also, also felt, also felt. And if possible, not lashing out on anyone. The most important thing, the most important thing is seeing through the guilt and not teaching guilt. Whatever you teach, you learn. So if you're having, if you're, if you're angry and you feel like you're angry at a person, 
and you go and tell them how angry you are at them because they did this, this, or this, then you're teaching guilt. You're actually multiplying the anger. When you can, when, when you can recognize, I feel angry, but I know it's not about any person, place, or thing. I know it's not about any situation. I know it's not about that. The anger only comes from the thought of separation. And you know, if you don't, if you can't say you know that, say, I hope that's true. Because if you, if you just hope that's true, you open up to it. Even if you can't hope that's true, I hope it's different than the way I see it. Because the way I see it is sparking up a bunch of rage in me. And that's not something I mean to multiply. That's not something I want to multiply. I'd rather heal through it. I'd rather heal through the rage. So hooray, rage. Hooray. Oh, I'm so mad. Why are you mad? There's not really a reason why I'm mad. What's making you so, angry? The guilty self-concept is. So right. you don't think it's due to any kind of residual rage that's been repressed in your system that, that triggers someone to get mad at you and then you get mad and then then that leads to uh, further repression and further rage and further uh, physical symptoms due to due to the repressed rage the the thought the thoughts that speak to rage are you could say circulating the mind and they come up for everyone they make they look specific like they're specific to the life circumstances and the only thing that can hurt you or make an illusion of a hurt body is choosing with the ego. Choosing with the ego. What are you making of this? If you're making it real, you're choosing with the ego. If there's something that you need to do or something that you need to teach someone, you're choosing with the ego. And that's what hurts. That's what shows up as a hurt body, for instance. Choosing with the ego. It's not what you physically do. It's not what you physically do. You could be standing there like a stone, like you're saying you find yourself standing there like a stone, but you're steadfastly choosing the truth. It, then, then it's not going to have the same, kind of, the, the same kind of effect like you would get with a sore or whatever it was that came up on you. Um, you wouldn't, it wouldn't have that kind of effect. It would have a healing effect. See. So it's just you say generalizing and personalizing. You don't attribute That's it to. Right. Oh, yeah, I say to generalize. I, I say to generalize, you know, and the same thing with any kind of illness being perceived on your body is just the same as illness being perceived on another person's body. It's just the same. That's what I mean. Generalize that. It's just the ego's projection. That's right. Any kind of any kind of sickness. And you know, you could say the the body itself is a symptom of that sense of separation. Health, healthy or sick body, it doesn't matter. Right. It's all it's all it's all heading it's it's you know, life is a, a sexually transmitted terminal disease. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it, it, well, it's not like that either because it doesn't, it's not, it's not like you actually come from a sperm and an egg. 
That's also make-believe. Yeah, well, that's the body. The body comes from the sperm and the egg. It's not. It's, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't come from the sperm and the egg. That is a story. Mm -hmm. So we're so then there's the idea, okay, about uh, God didn't create this universe. So, so you see the the intricacies of of a of a passion fruit flower. You see the beautiful geometry, the the form, the fragrance, all of the the senses. Uh, in, in the the intricate web work of the the uh, beautiful tapestry of existence, and so it, it's like it, it's, uh, human beings have, as you say, the mind is not a creator. All that uh, humans have been able to do scientifically is rearrange different uh, chemicals and compounds and. Uh, objects uh, to create uh, different variations, but man has not been able to actually create life. Well, uh, you know, human, humans haven't, haven't created anything. None of this stuff is real. That's the thing. It's not created. And, you know, right, scientifically that, you talk about rearranging things and stuff like that, but it's all coming from the mind. It's all a projection of the mind. Nothing has really been done. Nothing has ever happened. It's dream. Yeah, well, I guess at night you dream, you know, you could dream a passion fruit flower, you could dream a beautiful universe with, uh, you know, the cycles of nature and beautiful uh, geometric patterns in uh, plants, and you can do that as, as you're dreaming as well as you're awake. I guess it's all, all a dream. They say it's uh, always our doing in this moment. It doesn't come from the past. It doesn't come from evolution. It doesn't come from anyone but the perceiver. It's my doing in this moment, whatever is happening. It doesn't come from aliens. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from the Big Bang. It comes from me in the present moment, whatever I'm perceiving. It's the past playing out. It's like past the thoughts past. playing out. Yes, and it's for, and, and it's for healing. And it's not, you know, reality isn't really, it isn't, isn't really gone. You know, it's like you're still creating in reality. You just don't see reality. You don't remember reality because the focus is on the sense of separation. And, you know, I'm talking about myself too in that regard because, you know, for one thing, I'm coming to you on a webinar here. That's not reality. And I seem yeah, to be right. in a body, and I seem to be in a separate body. That's not reality. So, you but you get to you get to feel more of what reality is like, and sense more of what reality is like as you deny truth to illusions. And that's only a, it's a choice that you make in thought. It's a choice between two thought systems. Yeah, so then you were saying, well, as long as you uh, see my body, then that means that I still have work to do. So, so the, the truth, the reality of life is that we're invisible, that we don't require any body, any form, that we are a space of awareness that uh, generates all form and phenomenon. And so in this world, it seems like we have the physical body that we're dependent on form and phenomenon, the material universe, otherwise we're gone, we're dead, we don't exist. 
So in the reality is that uh, we don't have any form. We don't need any form. We don't need time or space or reincarnation or heaven or hell or anything. Those are just ideas. Those are just, uh, as you say, make-believe make uh, concepts. So we're not dependent on any concept, any form, any phenomenon that we are just the space of awareness. It's kind of like a, a fish that doesn't uh, know that it's, it's in the ocean. It's, it's too caught up in, in the forms and phenomena. It doesn't realize that, that what it's embodied in is an ocean. And so that's just it. We're, we're unaware of the fact that we're uh, actually this spacious ocean of awareness and uh, that is totally removed and beyond all form and phenomenon that we could perceive. Yep, that's the deal. That that we're invisible. Well, what are you going to do with it? That's the thing. See, it's like, what are you going to do with that? I like this comment right here. I think it's uh, Irina, I'm going to say. Irina. I get excited to get triggered and watch myself. See? It, it's, it's all, it all comes down to this moment when there's this sense of a trigger arising, you know. It gets all those concepts about about the ocean and the water and you know even this is an illusion and all of that it comes down to the moment where there is a trigger arising are you grateful are you excited about it you know are you or are you taking the illusion to be true you know there's no right or wrong to it just awareness of that give it some awareness be alert to it and if you fall asleep, it's okay. You know, if you, if once, you, once you recognize you fell asleep, you know again. You know you're watching the show again. And then just keep on watching it play out like that. Watch yourself play out. Watch how you play out when you're triggered. Okay? Watch when you're making anyone guilty. When you know, when you know that you're making someone guilty, it's not going to have that same kind of, kind of effect. In fact, it, it, ha it really has no effect. It only seems to have an effect in dreams. Okay. Really has no effect. Even if you completely lash out, let's say you completely lash out at a person, you tell them the, the most horrible, and it seems like you've completely ruined the relationship. Well, that a healing can take place there. It doesn't have to have any kind of effect at all. A healing can take place there if you're asking for a reinterpretation of that idea. You know, it's a constantly this listening, it's a constant asking of reinterpretation, this idea of, oh no, I blew it now. I really messed that up. I let my rage get the best of me and then I did all this. Remember, nothing happened. Nothing happened. So in nothing happened, how do you use nothing happened? Recognize this thought that's saying that something did happen and now it actually, and now it has effects. The thought saying now, you know, now that that happened, now all these bad effects are gonna happen. Asking for it right there, asking for the reinterpretation right there, even in the way of, I hope I'm wrong about that. You know, that's a small bit of, of willingness right there. I hope I'm wrong about that. Can I get a reinterpretation of that? Stay open to the reinterpretation. Feel the feelings and stay open to the reinterpretation. You know, if you forgot all about that ragey outburst that you have and you completely forgot about it, guess what? 
the other person forgets about it too. That's true forgiveness. True forgiveness is what I thought happened didn't happen. Remember? So even if you're all ragey, you have a memory of yourself being ragey. The memory is being projected right now. It never really happened. The past is being projected right now. And you're asking for another interpretation. Expect to see miracles. Because you're asking uh, the new interpretation from spirit. Right. Yes, you can expect to see miracles. It'll change the way you relate with people. It'll, you know, when you think that you've done something, when you think that you've messed something up, you're carrying this kind of guilty sense in your body's energy field, let's say, is this guilty sense is projecting outward so that it can come back to you and you can actually get evidence that you did something wrong. Like the person telling you evidence that you've done something wrong. See, if you feel guilty about something that happened in the past, let's say, there's no past, but feeling guilty about something is always projection from right now. You're going to get reflections from people speaking to that guilt, and that's going to trigger you. It's going to give you a trigger. You're going to get those reflections, and they'll give you a trigger. And when you get that trigger, that's what it's for. It's for seeing through that illusion that you are guilty in the first place. Watch it. Play with that a little bit. Play with that a little bit. Get excited the next time someone tells you what a bad job you did, person you've been, how you've messed up in the past or anything like that. You get excited about that. Start to watch that. Admit that it's your guilty consciousness. It's from guilty consciousness. And you'll start to see, you know, someone says, you did this to me before and now that really messed me up. There's some guilt around, there's some guilt around doership. It doesn't need to be that particular thing. That's why I don't advise trying to dissect things because the illusion can be very tricky. Okay. So it doesn't have to be that particular, it doesn't have to be that particular thing. You could feel totally good about something. And then someone's like, okay. It's the guilty, it's a, the root guilty self-concept is before the world is made, before the world was, is made, there's this idea that you separated yourself from reality, and you know what? You forgot to laugh about that. You forgot to laugh about that idea. That you got separated from reality, that you separated yourself from reality. There's major guilt around that, and every guilty thing that comes up it seems like you've done something like, I don't know, maybe you slapped your kid around when they were seven. Just throw that one out there. I don't know. Maybe you slapped your kid around when they were like seven years old. And now you feel really bad about it. Maybe you're an alcoholic and slapping kids around. That's your story anyways. And you're feeling really bad about it. You know, when you get, when you get a trigger on that and you get a trigger on that and you admit that you're making it up, you know, that's like that's the hardest part is just admitting that you're making up even even offering a little bit of willingness to see that you're making it up am i making this up am i making this up right now and listen listen to the still small voice that doesn't have an authoritative kind of voice 
Like you're going to get in trouble. You can hurt yourself. So those are the defensive thoughts that want you to stay away from the spirit's still small voice because those defensive thoughts are set up to protect you from God's wrath, which there is no wrath. There is no wrath. There's no God like that. You can say God is love without an opposite, no punishment. And you are not something who can sin. You're not something who can separate yourself from reality. You only thought you did. And that's why there's a perception of the world. You're not capable, you're not capable of separating yourself from reality. But because you thought you, you did, it makes you feel like you're, you're deserving of punishment. And there's also intense anger. There's intense anger from God, toward God for just not giving you what you want, which is special love. Not giving you what you want. And as if, and that, that, there's part of the victim consciousness too. As if God not giving you special love made you separate yourself from reality. Okay. And the so, thing is, yeah. go, hold on just a sec. The thing is, yeah, God's go, go. love is universal. And that's how you want it. You don't want any special love. But there was an idea, a thought, why don't I have special love? I want to be special. And then there was a sense of separation. There's anger and guilt at the base. Fear. And everything that's extrapolated in this world comes out of that. Everything that's good turns bad. Everything that's new turns old. Everything that's living turns dead. Okay? Why would you want to keep that? Uh, it's funny because it's like it, it, there's, it takes a long time. It takes a long time for, for most people to recognize that. Why would I want to keep that? There's this, there's this drive to keep it, to try to keep it. And then there's this fear. If I'm not trying to keep it and I'm not making it real, it's going to get really bad. It's going to get really ugly. But it's actually the opposite of that. But, you know, there's some ego games in there. There's some ego games in there. As people are waking up and realizing it is in the perception, they're using that concept also as a weapon to tell people that, hey, I, I didn't do that. And then that gets people who are still, you know, feeling like the world is real, gets people very afraid, afraid of you. Man, if you're not, if you're saying the world's not real and you've done this, crazy bad stuff to me in the past, then I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe <laughs> around you, you know? And that's, a, that's such a great reflection because when you get that reflection from someone, you know right away you're misusing the concept. It's time to ask for healing now. You're misusing the, the concept. Look at their reaction. If they're, if, if what you're saying, it, it's triggering some fear. Remember, all the feelings that you perceive come from you. <laughs> it's triggering, triggering some fear. Some fear. Nothing's wrong, but it's just like a flag to look, watch, ask for a new interpretation. The, the goal of learning is to unite everyone. Even if they're not at that same level of learning, it's to unite everyone. And that's how they learn. They learn from your loving them. 
love teaches them and that's their inner teacher your loving them points to that not your teaching your teaching is only for yourself it's for your own mind okay yeah so it's like the prodigal son that let left the father's house and then ended up uh you know in the gutter uh you know eating with the swine and so then he feels guilty and uh reluctant to go back to the father's house because he's afraid the father is going to punish him and then the father welcomes him and and prepares a feast for him and here's my beloved son and who i am well pleased so the the i the, the separation is that we separated from the father from from the source and so uh, this is jesus's teaching his whole life was uh turning to the father i am I, mine own self can do nothing the father within doeth the works so then there because we're not born of the father we're born of these material uh women and men, your parents, mother and father. And uh, so then um, it, it, it's like the Christ was born supposedly with a virgin birth and immaculately conceived. So Joel Goldsmith has got a, a uh, talk on Christmas saying that the virgin birth and the immaculate conception isn't just true for Jesus, it's true of every human being when you call no man on earth your father, there is but one father, your father in heaven, where you're born from the father that requires no material pro processes of birth or sperm or egg or anything, that you have reunited with the father consciousness. You return to the father's house and you are uh, born immaculate virgin once again from, from directly from the father. You, 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 gone through this the second birth re returning to the father's house yes that and that's the that's the reality that everyone is immaculately conceived <laughs> and you know there's not even you're not even really you're, you're not even really uh conceived the the word conceived is fun it's not really conceived physically you're conceived mentally you know it's a mental well, concept being put out there yeah so then that's that's what we separated from the 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 father the the source god and uh, we wanted to be our own god uh, you know we ate of the fruit we wanted to be as god knowing good and evil and that threw us out of the garden of eden and uh, and the the tree of life so you understand so. that the stories are all parables you know, it's not like uh, it's it's not like there's actually a male figure, and there's not like there's actually a Garden of Eden like that, and getting thrown out. It's a parable to show you. It's like a story to show you how this world was made and how you're perceiving yourself in separation and suffering now. You know that that tree, the tree of life. It was the it was known as the knowledge between good and evil. You get knowledge between good and evil when you took a bite of that apple and that's basically where everyone starts suffering in the in the illusion is taking it as if they know and putting a judgment on it this is wrong this is right this is wrong 
Otherwise, it's just sensation arising and passing away. And there's no kind of suffering to go along with it at all. There's no kind of suffering with it without judgment. Even the suffering that we perceive in other people, there's, a, there's, there's no suffering. It's a dream. It's a dream that there is, and that's based on judgment. So if we're having the perception of, say, another person suffering, you know, it's very likely that they're also having a perception of suffering. And when we're willing to see that the suffering isn't real for them, that's a healing. That's an extension of healing. And it's not about, it's not about trying to convince them that they're not suffering. That's the thing. You could be totally taking care of them at the same time. But it's you're not you're you're not allowing your mind to go to victimizing them, making it as oh poor, poor that person or, you know, in in recognizing what it is, it also helps them to recognize from their point of view. It's like it opens up the space so that they can see what this really is. So they could see that it's only a concept and it's something that they have a choice in. Yeah, you're saying opening up the space. So that's just it. It's 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 creating the space or opening up to to space of of healing, which is uh, which is openness, which is receptivity, which is uh, allowing, embracing. And, yes, because uh, the ego thoughts are narrowing. It's like it's narrowing it it all into um, into this path of delusion and you can't see outside of it so when you're when you've got the ego thoughts and the threatening kind of thoughts um any anywhere where there's a problem or anything like that when you've got the ego thoughts hammering in like that hammering in on you you can say it's like it gets smaller and smaller and smaller so it seems like the space gets really small it's like it can only be like this it can only be like this, which is the worst. So it seems like the only option now is suicide. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you ask for a different interpretation in that moment, you're asking to be taken completely outside of that thought system and to see what's really true. And when you ask like that, you're asking for something that actually can be given you to get you the relief that you're looking for. You know, it's not like this thing is going to, this thing is going to get better and it's going to, it's going to all be better. It's going to all be okay on the surface. It's like, no, show me completely through this so I could see what I'm holding against myself to keep making this pattern come up, come up again and again and again. And once you see through it all, you're not going to see a world in separation. You're not going to see a world in separation at all. And as it's getting undone, the world of separation becomes happier and happier for you. You have a real purpose now. It's not a purpose that's defined by the world. It's not a purpose that's defined by the ego, as in I have to accomplish these things in my life, or I have to, I have to accomplish this thing today. It's true purpose. It's true purpose, and it's taking the whole illusion as one thing and having a direct relationship with everything in the illusion as one thing, not making these certain things and people in the relationship special as in they're needed for your happiness or they're a threat to your happiness. Either way, that's making them into a special person. 
And whenever you make anyone into a special person, you're attacking yourself, okay? Everyone and everything that arises in your perception is exactly perfect and for you in that moment to undo the guilty self-concept. And that's all they're all for. They're all serving you. They're coming to you in all these different forms, like guests in your house bearing gifts. Okay, there's no need for you to judge which gift is good and which gift is the wrong gift, which gift is going to get you what you want and which gift is going to hurt you. It's not like that. All of the gifts are the same. You can look at all of them as the same. Whoever enters, whatever enters, anything that seems to happen to you or anyone else, whatever enters your perception, it's all for the same exact thing. It can all be generalized into one thing. Truth or illusion. Yes, and that, well, that's your choice. Your choice is to make that thing true. And whenever you're taking something, picking something out of the illusion and making it more important than something else, you know, whenever you're separating something out, that's an attack on yourself. There's nothing that's more important than anything else. Whatever's given you right now is exactly what you need. Whatever apparent no. choices that, that you seem to have right now, those are the, the apparent choices that you need. And the decision is being made for you. So there's no decision for you to make. There's illusions of decisions. Even the decision like, what shirt am I going to wear today? What color am I going to wear today? Start to watch that. Watch how it's just playing out automatically. No one's doing it. No one's really making the decision on what to wear or what to eat or who to talk to or who's going to be my partner. I choose you because you are a good boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it, it's like you just choosing in the direct direct relating. It's choosing whatever it is right now. It's like choosing whatever it is right now for your undoing. You know, not not believing in I make choices between these two things. That doesn't mean you have to be afraid of making choices. Remember, there is a big difference between the person you perceive and who you are. The one on the surface making choices is apparently making choices between some things. And it seems like you have some kind of say in it, but this is just thoughts processes playing out. So when you don't identify with it, it doesn't bring you any suffering. And you could be 100% sure that every choice that's being made is perfect for you. And it's perfect for everyone involved too. When you're 100% sure about that, there's no guilt. You know, there's no, there, nothing can give rise to guilt. You know, I've had a feeling before where I said something, uh, or I thought I said something. <laughs> thought I said something that was going to bring me some trouble, you know. I thought I said something that I shouldn't have said about someone, you know. And immediately, it, immediately it struck me, oh my goodness, this is so not true. You know, it's like that. It is. It's like that. It's real practical like that. Oh my gosh, I wish I didn't say that. I have this bad feeling. And then the mind starts going on with scenarios that justify that bad feeling when it comes down to it didn't happen. And when you introduce that thought, what I thought I just said, I didn't actually say. It discombobulates the mind. It's like, what? 
it's like there's a sense of there's this sense of space there's a sense of spaciousness all of a sudden where things were getting very tight they're getting very tight into suffering you know you go to um go on a walk or go for a shower or a nice hike on the beach or something and this thought comes to you about what you said about a person that's now going to come back on you so it's like you know to the ego you shouldn't even be enjoying yourself you should be thinking about how bad that is what you said so that you can stop yourself well you're gonna have to suffer for this one you screwed up you're gonna have to suffer for this one but next time maybe you won't say that kind of stuff look you don't have a choice in that you don't have a choice in whether you're gonna say that kind of stuff the stuff that you said came out of your mouth because it could trigger guilt when it stops being able to trigger guilt, that's when you don't have to say it anymore. You say it because it gets a rise out of you. You're made to, you're, let's say you're made to apparently say it because it gets some energy, it gets an energy play out, out of you. Oh, this guilty feeling like, oh, I wish I didn't say that about that person. Now it's gonna get back to them and then it's gonna do this and then it's gonna do this. Forget about it. How do you forgive about it? You ask for forgiveness for it. You ask for forgiveness for it. Basically, what I think I said, I didn't even say. Show me that what I think I said, didn't even, I didn't even say. It comes in a lot of different forms, this asking. But it comes down to sincerity, that willingness to see that I am making it up, that I don't have to hold on to that. Every time you introduce a thought that contradicts, not only contradicts, but resolves that ego thought, it resolves it. See how that completely resolves the thought? It resolves the thought that I said something that could be getting me in trouble. I said something could, that could be making someone upset. Because you're asking for complete forgiveness of it. Not, oh, it'll be okay later. It's like it just gets forgotten. Well, the whole thing is, it's just, is if it's true, if you say, then it's all a dream, then you just withdraw yourself from the dream. You know, they say, if you're thinking about person, place, thing, condition, and circumstance, you're in the dream. Sure. Yep. So all of the person, place, thing, condition, circumstance, it, it's like you say, it, it doesn't exist. It's just in, in the dream. It didn't happen. So then you're, you're waking up, you're withdrawing from the dream of the person, place, thing, condition, circumstance into, into being, into, yes. into love, into infinity and eternity here and now. And uh, all is one and self-complete and, and, uh, and self-sustained. Yes, so you meet that guilty feeling with awareness you're meeting that guilty feeling with awareness and you're asking for a different interpretation you know the feelings not getting repressed anymore that's the thing it's like the feeling that there's like this pushing of the feeling no i don't want that and the running in thought to try to figure it out is to try to make yourself feel better it's to cover up that guilty feeling like maybe next time i won't say it like that you know all that running and thought is like looking for something but there's nothing to even look for about it the fact is that nothing was even said. You're having a dream that you said something just so you can get a guilty feeling. 
And you can use that guilty feeling for undoing what's really causing that feeling. That guilty feeling is the effect of thinking that you separated yourself from reality. It's not the effect of what you think. It's not the effect of having said anything because you didn't say anything. In fact, the guilty feeling itself is projecting the memory as if you just said something that's triggering a guilty feeling. You didn't say anything. No one's saying anything right now, in fact. It's a dream. So in dreams, in, in dreams, you get when you get a guilty feeling, you can only get a guilty feeling in dreams. You cannot get a guilty feeling in reality. But in dreams, when you get a guilty feeling, your power of creation is a choice between making that guilty feeling real as in justifying it with thought or asking for a different interpretation. The thought that, it, that is justifying that guilty feeling right now, it's not true. Being shown that that thought isn't even true. Then there's all this space. Then there's laughter. There's laughter with it. Oh, look, it seems like I've done something. Oh, there's the feeling about, okay. Well, I know the feeling came first. Look at that. Feeling came first before any of the manifestation. Feeling, manifestation. Not the other way around. Not manifestation gave you the feeling. It only is meant to look like that. The whole illusion is backward and upside down. It's meant to look as if you're getting feelings off of the, off of the illusion. Okay. They say triggered, triggered by the illusion. I, I don't know. I, I don't really, I, I don't really know. I know we call it triggers and everything like that, but you know, it's projected. It's coming from you. Was it really triggered? Or is the, or, or is the apparent thing in the illusion triggered by the feeling? That's more like it. The appearance in the illusion is the triggered thing. The feeling is the feeling comes first. The feeling is the first manifestation of the thought. That's the first manifestation of the thought. And then out of that comes all of the, all of the worldly manifestation. And it seems as if, because the ego turns it around for you, it seems as if something is making you angry. Something is making you frustrated. Oh, that, that girl's voice is annoying me. No, it's not the girl's voice. Your annoyance is making that voice show up like that in your perception. Not everyone is getting annoyed by the girl's voice. Other people hear the girl speak and, and, and they think she's lovely. It sounds like a song. But the way you're projecting yeah. her is annoying. Yeah, so then that's the idea that the, the anger was already inside of you to, the, to uh, then you project it to this person who, who is mad at you or something happens outside, then, then you become angry, but it all stemmed from some kind of uh, repressed, unresolved, unhealed anger within you. And so then the anger comes out and depending on how you view or open up or close off or whatever to the anger it could either perpetuate more anger or you can as you say see through it and dispel it uh, utilize it uh, for uh, transformation and healing and enlightenment but, yes. but doesn't it 
come from you in in the first place that yeah i i i have some kind of unresolved rage in in my uh in my uh psychological makeup that this person is now reflecting it's it's coming out in the open somehow it's a gift right it's yeah gift. It's, there's nothing there's nothing inside of you like that you know it's just a thought that's being held on to. It's a thought of a separation being held on to and manifesting in a bunch of different ways. And these are patterns that are arising in consciousness and they're being identified with for the most part. And that's why they keep on playing over and over again. But where there's this willingness to see that it is just a pattern, it's not like, it's not yours, but it is coming from you. See the difference? It's coming from you because you're giving it to yourself as a gift. From the ego's point of view, from the ego's point of view, it's really real. So the whole time, it's almost like there's this little struggle going on where the ego is going, this is how you interpret this. This is how you interpret this, you know? And then, and, and then you're going, gosh, that's, that's a shitty interpretation, you know? And then you're trying to get a better interpretation, but within the ego's thought system, and at the same time, there's a whole other thought system that's going to bring you peace and to truth and restore sanity to your mind. And, you know, you're, you're guaranteed that this is, that that's going to occur. You know, it's only a matter of time and it's a matter of your willingness. And that, uh, that starts to, that starts to unfold automatically too. As you get kind of like the scent of it, you're like, oh my goodness, there's that much freedom to be had. And you start to get, get opened up to it too. You are going to make a choice for the truth. You're going to make the choice over and over again until there's no more illusion left in the mind. And there's just the mind restored to reality. So, you know, as, as mind, as mind, you're still a hundred percent who you all always were always created, who created perfect, innocent, and you're a creator. You know, you're a creator you've got the creative power given to you by the source. It's an extension of source power and it's only, it's only love. You can only create in love and all the loving that you extend even here in the illusion is being kept safe and used for your creation. And when you see it, you're going to be very glad. No one's gone and no one's separate and you're able to commute, communicate with everyone at once. You've been able to, you're in total communication with everyone. There's no missing and no loss or anything like that. So you start to bring that into the, you start to bring that into this physicality right now, just right now with willingness to see through this idea that we are separate. One of them, one of them that works really well is with missing. You know, I started to realize a long time ago that missing is an ego trip. I miss you. And missing says that we're separate. Missing says that we're apart. It says that because our bodies apart are apart, we can't communicate. It says that because our bodies are apart, I can't have the comfort, you know. And so I start to just feel that feeling of missing a person. And it happened when my daughter moved to the mainland. I got a sense of missing and let myself to get that feeling of missing. And I was just shown that there's no, nothing's, nothing's changed. Nothing's even changed. 
It's always a, it, it's always the same. We're always together. We're just having a dream that things are changing. Even when a body passes away, it nothing has changed. But we we took on a modification. We took on a modification of ourselves and say like, oh, this body is here. There is no body here. We're having a dream that we're we're communicating. We're using bodies to communicate. And while we are using, when, when, while we're, we are apparently using bodies to communicate, we can use that to undo this whole idea. And, and the, way, the, the way is looking at any kind of guilty concepts, anything that makes, a, makes that, person, um, that, that person meaningful to you in a worldly way, in a worldly way, their life, for instance, meaningful to you. I practiced that. I got the, the opportunity to practice that one time when it seemed like my son was like really hurt. Maybe he was going to pass away. You know, the thought, the thought occurred to me that he could pass away. And all of a sudden it was like, here it is. Here's where the practice comes in. And it does come in like that. Whenever you get hit, you know, you, you seem like you get hit with something major or minor, it doesn't matter. But as you're practicing with the minor stuff, you're gonna, you're gonna find it way easier to get with the things that seem major. And really there's no difference between them. It's not like one you can heal easier than the other. It's just that some of them seem to have more of an energetic pull toward you, like the idea of someone's body passing away, you know? So there is this willingness to see, let me see, let me see. And there was just so much comfort with it. There's so much peace and comfort with it. It's like, okay, whatever it seems to be, it's all for the same thing, which is life, not death. It's for life. It's, 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 not, like, it's not like if you find yourself in a body, you're somehow alive. It's actually the other way around. It's more like if you find yourself in a body, you're like mostly dead, <laughs> but not really just in the dream, <laughs> but mostly dead in the sense that the mind is, it is insane as projected like that. It's insane. Remember I said earlier that the mind is completely innocent, free, sane, everything like that. There's just this veil up and this projected person, you know, it's like a projected mind. Let's say it's projected mind. And that part of the mind, you'd say that part of the mind isn't affecting the whole mind. The whole mind, the wholeness of the mind is still completely whole. The part didn't actually go away. It's almost like there's just blinders up in front of it. The only reason why it seems like we need healing is because we think in separation and that makes insanity. That makes a sense of insanity. But since it's only veils up, there's not really the insanity either. That's why it's just an undoing. It's just a revealing of what's already here. It's just a correction, a correct, a correcting, a correction of the thought that says that we separated ourselves from reality over and over again. As people present to you as if you're guilty and as if they're guilty and you deny that. You just keep on denying the guilt and you keep on getting shown more and more. It keeps on, even the illusion starts to reveal to you more and more of how your innocence is real. Your innocence is real, but it's up to you to make that choice. So in my case, I will find myself 
where, you know, my innocence is being, my innocence is being challenged. Like maybe someone's telling me, Hey, you know what? You're, you're screwed up. You know, you're a screwed up person. And the way you did this, it just totally ruined my life, let's say. So, you know, the way something like that would be approached is just to see that that is coming from me to recognize, Hey, I know that this is coming from me. And it's meant to trigger me in a way that lets me see what I'm using to make myself guilty. Of course, none of it is true. And at the same time, I don't have to argue with anyone about it. I don't have to defend myself because it's just giving me, it's like, oh, and that's where that, oh, thank you for letting me know comes in. It's just giving me like a window so I could see what's been hidden, what's been kept in the darkness in secret. So that's kind of like revealing my dirty little secret that I thought I needed to keep, to keep myself safe. Like, oh, thanks. Thank you for revealing my dirty little secret <laughs> that I thought I was guilty. See? And you know, this has the most powerful healing effects when you're not trying to teach the other person that you're not guilty. So it's, you think it's uh, healthy to reveal all your dirty little secrets? Oh yeah. And that, and, and, and that happens all the time. You know, when, whenever, whenever someone says anything to me, I can't say all the time, it doesn't get, come up that much with the triggers, but um, whenever someone said something to me that comes with a trigger, I know what it is. That's my secret self-belief that I've been trying to keep hidden from my sight and project outward. So it seem, can seem like it's coming from them and they're a terrible person. Maybe they're insane or something, you know? That thought, maybe, oh, they're just insane if you talk, oh, that is, that's outrageous that they would say mm. something like that about me, you know? Mm. It's like, oh, that's it. it doesn't mean it's true about you, but it is pointing to something that you thought about yourself and it may not be in it, that exact same form it may be in the same form, but it may not be in the same form. So don't be looking for the form. Be looking for that content about how you thought you were guilty for something. See, It'll be revealed to you when you're willing to see it and not making anyone guilty, including yourself, okay? Guilt is meant to be undone, not done over and over and over again. And, you know, people appreciate that. They might not appreciate it right there in front of you. But, you know, uh, what I've seen is over time, people come to appreciate that, uh, that, you know, they see that, wow, there's no, there's nothing I can do to get her to see me differently. Nothing I can do to be less than love. And in that, in that people can, uh, people can tune into their own inner guidance and learn in that way. That's a way diff that's way different than trying to teach them that they're wrong. Remember, they're always right because they're showing you something in that sense. They're always right. And if they, if, if they're ready for an, a reinterpretation, that'll be made known. And it'll be, and, and it'll be taught for you. 
It'll be taught through you for you. No, you never need to teach anyone anything on, on, on your own. Let's say, listen for the guidance and get to the get to the thought system that speaks for the truth. That speaks for it all being one and all of the things that you perceive being an illusion, and it'll guide you. You'll know exactly what to say, and then it'll be said for you. Simple. Yeah, well, you let the still small voice do all the talking. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And watch the voice inflections. That's a big one, too. Watch the voice inflections because the ego has certain voice inflections. You know, they can be authoritative, authoritative, authoritative something like that. Speaking with authority. Like, you can get, you can get hurt if you do that. The spirit speaks only in, you could say, positives. Yes. Yes, you're innocent. Yes. Yes, that didn't happen. It's okay. It's a great comfort. Spirit is a great comfort. It's not going to strike you with fear or worry. You can't mess it up. Well, that's what's going back to the father's house is all about where all the father has to say is here's my beloved son in whom i am well pleased yeah you get that from right. yeah but from humans from the people outside of you you get you know a combination of uh you know approval and disapproval but then i guess that's your projection whatever yes. disapproval or approval they're giving you is what you're projecting about yourself to them that you're seeing reflected in their attitude towards you. Yes, that's right. That's why that, that's why everything is a gift. Everyone that every, everyone is like a guest in your house that everything that arises in the perception, you could say that the screen of consciousness is like your house and everything that arises in it is a gift for you. Mm -hmm. Gift of awareness. Mm -hmm. So hooray. So Yes, hooray. <laughs> if uh, anyone has any questions, please raise your hand. We're winding down. They say, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no one's laboring. And, you know, even if you find yourself working very hard and you realize that you're not laboring, it's very restful. Everything that you seem to do is very restful. It's not, it's not hard, even if you seem to be having a hard workout, let's say. It, you know, you, if, you, if you take a step back, you're willing to see from another point of view and it's all, that it's all getting done for you, everything is restful. And awakening is very restful. Mm-hmm. God Yay. will take care of it. That's right. All right, so Wisdom Dialogues, every Tuesday, online, every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Hawaii time. I noticed some of you are rolling in here for Hawaii time. Your time changed over there. You show up at 3 o'clock. I appreciate you too, Anne. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, check out my website, hopejohnson.org. I just did some things. Uh, thank you, Yulia. I just did some things on my website. I put up... Uh, YouTube, the latest highlights and the latest full-length wisdom dialogues are there on hopejohnson.org. You can get to them from the front page. If you go to the wisdom dialogues page on my website on hopejohnson.org, you will get to my 
audio. I got SoundCloud going, um, Spotify and iTunes, and you can get the links right there. I have them like in the middle of the page. Also, my book, Unschooling for Parents, is still available. And oh, Miracle Botanicals, we are having a sale. So you're getting notice of this. You guys are getting the first notice of our sale that we're having. It's the biggest sale we ever do in the year. It's 20% off and we have some new stuff. This one's a Christmas tree, room spritzer. Ann and I were spraying that on our stuff before we, before we started, on our stuff, <laughs> before, we start, before we started. It's really good. I think it smells like a Christmas tree. It's really fun. We also have this hydrosol, peppermint hydrosol, and a lot of cool stuff if you go to miraclebotanicals.com. Um, that sale starts Thursday night. So it starts at, at midnight um, Eastern time. So it'll be 7 p.m. Hawaii time on Thursday night on Thanksgiving, and it goes until Monday. So it's 20% off everything in the shop for those days. And my wisdom dialogues peeps you're getting first notice of that isn't that so fun so anyways it's been so much fun i really appreciate everyone who joins everyone who gives me the comments and the feedback and so so much fun thank you so much happy thanksgiving to everyone mahalo aloha and a hui ho aloha mahalo